Hi, this is Ralph Macchio, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Chabelle. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Chabelle. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is actor Ralph Macchio. Ralph is best known as playing Daniel in The Karate Kid, and he continues to reprise the role in the Netflix series Cobra Kai. We talk about The Karate Kid and his career that are both detailed in his book, Waxing On, during this episode. Ralph, welcome to Five Questions. Happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Well, it's so great to have you. How did your tap dancing lessons lead you to being cast in a TV series? I wanted to be Gene Kelly as a kid. I write about this in the Waxing On book. I, I used to watch the 430 movie on Channel 11 back in New York with my mom after school. And I just found Gene Kelly to just be mesmerizing and took some tap dance lessons. And I think when it was audition time for a commercial here or there or a TV show, there was just something about wanting to get up and show my stuff, you know? So I think that led me to hit the mark and it'd be showtime. Maybe I didn't remember my lines and I smiled and maybe I got a few parts. So maybe that had a little something to do with it. Understanding when the overture was done, it was time to perform. Yeah, you were a performer and it was just, it was a little bit easier to step into those new roles because you're already kind of doing it at the same time. Yeah, I believe so. I believe because I, it was less about getting the attention and more about the joy of doing it, even though I wasn't even that great. And then fast forward to the crowded kid, what were your biggest struggles and anxieties when it came to auditioning for The Karate Kid? And what did you learn about the entertainment business through the process? The struggles about auditioning were less about auditioning for it because I was excited. I was got to audition for the director, John Avelson in person, who had directed Rocky and Save the Tiger and all these great Oscar caliber movies. So, you know, you always have your butterflies going in. I had a confidence with the character. I brought in a little bit of this East Coast swagger and I write about this in the book. I didn't have anything to back up my cockiness, but <laughs> I... I went in with it anyway, and that became part of LaRusso's kind of uh, demeanor. The anxieties of it all came after I met with John Avelson. And before I got the official pickup for the role, there was it was sort of an option deal. So it was like, we're going to do a little pre-contract thing, but we'll let you know when you really get the part. And I was just like, what does that mean? And I write about that. I mean, like I had the part, but I didn't have the part. And that all came together once Pat Morita and I got in a room together and then it was just no question and then you know they pick up the option and someone called me and said hey, congratulations you're the karate kid who knew i'd be listening to that for 40 straight years and onward it's pretty wonderful actually seriously and what do you think made the character of daniel so relevant for so many different generations and how do you relate to him daniel russo was the every kid next door and he still is but back in the original karate kid film he had no business winning anything he was pure wish fulfillment and aspirational character. I use wish fulfillment and overcoming obstacles and all those things. We've all felt the outsider, pun intended, whether it's you being raised a single, a teenager raised by a single mom or moving to a different town or someone who's bullied, who needs to navigate through that. He connected on a human level in so many ways. And the fact that he was just the every kid next door made you feel like it could be you. And his victories and his failures, you as the audience felt, you know, know what he was going through and i think that's a great story execution and writing and uh and then as far as casting we'll take a little bit of credit that yeah, i might have been the right guy in the right part yeah i find that all great characters whether fictional or non-fictional you have to be able to relate to them 
You know, yep. even with superheroes, they need an Achilles heel. No one's perfect. And there has yep. to be struggles for them to eventually overcome them to be victorious. Now a word from our sponsor. We're all facing new challenges in this 2022 flexible work world like inconsistent office building usage, managing a variety of team schedules, and hindered employee collaboration. The world of hybrid work is confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Say hello to Proximity. Hundreds of flexible offices and co-working spaces are using Proximity right now to see seamlessly manage, audit, and track their workspace and their employees. Proximity is offering my listeners a free audit of your current office infrastructure. Their efficiency experts will give you personalized recommendations to streamline your workplace and team. Visit proximity.space slash five questions now to grab a time. Slots will go fast. Yeah, and then fast forward to Cobra Kai. Why were you so hesitant to return to the franchise? And what was it about Cobra Kai that piqued your interest? I was hesitant because, you know, the original film was had become such a big part of pop culture, c- cinema around the world, and a big part of my life and inspirational to people of all ages. It was bigger than... Um, it's iconic. Iconic, yeah, iconic is an overused word, but it is. The concept of going back to that well felt like the risk-reward if it didn't hit. I don't want to say don't mess with the Mona Lisa. Leave on top. Leave on top. <laughs> yeah, leave on top and, and don't don't try to change, you know, Mona Lisa's smile, if you will. Uh, if I'd be so bold as to say the Karate Kid could anyway shape form me as beautiful a piece of artwork. But it was that, and, and I didn't want to taint the legacy with one-note ideas. And I write about a lot of the bad one note ideas I have heard over the years. With Cobra Kai, the reason why it connected, one, John, Josh, and Hayden who write this show are the fans of the Karate Kid show like I've never seen. They know every nook and cranny and they know everything about those movies and they care so much for the themes of those films and the influence on their lives. So I believed them. I believed that they knew how to write for a young audience based on the hot tub time machines and the Harold and Kumars that they'd written before. Because I always felt it was the teen characters in Cobra Kai that made me believe there was longevity. Two guys in their 50s having the same argument was, <laughs> yes, that's the that's how we get into it, but how is it going to evolve? And then the movie Creed was just out recently before I had that meeting. And that was sort of like how to enter the Rocky Balboa world without it being Rocky 7. And so that informed me a bit. And the streaming services, the ability to not have to make a two hour, two and a half hour blockbuster and where they essentially were able to make a five hour movie cut into 10 half hour parts and let the characters breathe and show gray shades of gray and good and bad and everyone. And that was the jumping off point. But still I had a hold my breath and jump in that pool. And I had no idea what the temperature of the water would have been. So fortunately I seem smart and very lucky. And I do think that matters that they they were fans and they really knew the property intricately yep. because with licensing and with movies and all of that, I just feel like that does have a lot of weight, even in business. Like yep. if you're a fan of the company or if you want a job, that really matters because it shows that you're not just in it for a payday or whatnot. You're actually yep. willing to be there and you're invested. And what's your best piece of career advice? It's important to have the plan B, but you know, there's, there's the theory that if you're focusing on plan B, you'll never achieve plan A. But I think that educating yourself in all areas, even if it's not your specific passion road, 
is important to build a full foundation going forward. So regardless of what curveballs you're thrown, you are as well informed to navigate through that. As an actor, because that's one of the things I learned, I came into it and I just did my part. And as I've gone on and experienced more, I want to know what everyone else is doing around me and sort of understand that because then I was better able to be rewarded for my part as opposed to just saying, okay, I want to be a banker. I want to be a hairstylist. I want to be an actor. I want to be a politician. What's everyone else doing? I think that piece of career advice is something that I'm still learning. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Ralph. To follow his journey, you can read his book, Waxing On, and find him on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where he shares his appearances, set photos, and announcements. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Bell, and please remember to rate and review the 5 Questions podcast on iTunes. (laughs) 